Hello, Divine Light Activators, and welcome to Season 2 of Own Your Divine Light Show. I am Janet Miller, and today I am welcoming back Marjorie Puccini. Marjorie, who is called Queen of Quantum Leaps by her clients, helps business women leaders who are feeling stressed and overwhelmed in their career and life to make the shift out of responding to what, make, what life throws their way and into creating the life that they are meant to be living, one with meaning, fulfillment, peace, and joy, their true legacy. Marjorie was an award-winning sales producer for a Fortune 100 financial services company with career sales around $1 billion and a successful business owner. It took a friend in need inviting her away to Provence, France for a week for her to feel the extreme stress and overwhelm she dealt with every day and come to terms with the crushing weight of her success. From this experience, her lessons from Provence, five truths that freed her from her inner prison of power, perfection, and people-pleasing and led her to peace, contentment, and joy was birthed. Welcome, Marjorie. Great to have you back. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. It's really great. And um, I know you've changed careers because of burnout. And can you tell us a little more of your story of how that happened and what the top three uh, root causes of burnout are to you? So let's start with your story a little and then we'll go to the other. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So, um, you know, I received a, a message and it was, Marjorie, I need you. Can you come visit me? And, um, and of course, a friend in need calls and the response uh, for most people would be yes. So, so I went, uh, it was the trip was just a couple of weeks later. Um, I went as soon as I could. And at the time, um, so imagine this. So I own my own company. I have six sales reps. I'm the CEO, I'm the COO, I'm the chief rainmaker. I lived and breathed my business. Um, I was the maestro of my family and everything having to do with uh, my business. And I was the picture of success, right? Mm -hmm. So had the big house, had the Mercedes and two other cars and two drivers. Um, you know, the pool in the backyard, kids in private school, you know, um, was living the life, right? And I arrive in Provence and I realize that I forgot my phone charger. And this was before the iPhone came out. So things weren't, you know, as universal as they are now. So um, first, what did I do? I, I just couldn't believe that I, Marjorie Puccini, was so stupid. <laughs> that I left my phone charger because I thought, well, I can go be with Julie and France and I can keep everything moving along in my life back in the U.S., right? No, the universe had a completely different plan for me. So after about 24 hours, all I could do was to accept the situation, right? Um, and then, and then, boom there was immediate contrast. So here I am in the beautiful, picturesque landscape of Provence. I mean, it's just everywhere you look is postcard perfect. It's just incredible. And, um, and it just, the beauty just fills your soul. And there I am in the company of loving, gracious people who were so grateful that I hosted their daughter for a year as an exchange student and, um, you know, allowed her to figure out what she wanted to be for the rest of her life. And it was, you know, just this beautiful um, relationship with these beautiful people. And I had not one single thing that I had to do while I was there other than to be to be, to just be, to be with Julie, to be in the company of these beautiful people, to be in this magnificent, magical place. Mm. And all of the stresses of my life back in the U.S. could be seen very clearly. Wow. And I felt suffocated by mm. my success. Mm -hmm. And I thought, very strange. I don't know why, but this thought popped into my head and it was... If I died today, <laughs> what would people say about me? Mm. My husband, my children. And there was one person that I thought of 
that brought me to tears and it was my daughter. She was a freshman in college at the time. And I thought, what would she have to say about me? How would she remember me? And she'd say, my mom worked a lot. She loved her job. Mm. That's it. That's it. And I, I felt, oh gosh, how did I feel? I felt so overcome with the need to be there for her, to, um, to teach her. I knew that there was so much that I wanted to teach her that I hadn't taught her things about how life really works and, you know, dreams and energy and spirit and, you know, all of the things that, you know, you just don't have the time to talk about, you know? And then, and then I started to connect with all of the things that stress me out that I didn't want in my life anymore. And from there, again, it was a contrast. It's like, okay, so if this is what I don't want, what do I want? Mm. And so I started thinking about all of those things that, that I had yet to experience and um, things that I wanted to experience more. And, um, and who I wanted to be that was different than who I was right now. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, I, I must have a purpose. You know, there must be, there must be something bigger, like this bigger reason, you know, why I'm here. And, and I set out to find out what that is. And so back to the U.S., I, I committed to changing my life and uh, de-stressing my life, redesigning my life. Um, I didn't have a roadmap. All I had was a crazy idea. Um, and I, I was the chief rainmaker, not only in my business, but I was a chief rainmaker in my house. I was fortunate, um, to be so successful that I was able to retire my husband, um, when he was 42 and he came to work with me in my business. So all of our eggs were in one basket, no roadmap, just a crazy idea. I had no idea how I was going to figure it out. And then, um, you could call it that I hit career rock bottom. You know, I just, I just didn't want it anymore. I knew it was time to graduate, but I didn't know what I was going to graduate on to. And then I got back to the U S and things were changing very quickly. This was 2007, uh, the end of 2007. So it was the year before the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. And, um, and my, I owned a boutique mortgage planning firm. And my money sources were closing up one right after the other, right after the other. And I thought, oh my goodness, something is happening. Mm. And I looked up and I said, what the heck is going on? And I heard these words, remember that vision that you got when you're in Provence, start walking towards it. So the very last day that I was in Provence, this vision of my new life popped in my head. It scared me to death. It was so big and it was so not me. <laughs> it was so different than who I was right then that, um, that I, I couldn't even imagine that that was even possible for me because it was very scary. Um, and, um, and so I heard those words start walking towards it and that's what I have been doing ever since. So it hasn't been a perfect journey by any means. Uh, what ended up happening was that, you know, the, the, uh, the market was just going down a lot faster than we could run. So we ended up getting, um, you know, think of, think of like a, um, you know, an, uh, a snowball that starts at the top of the mountain and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, we could not outrun this snowball and, and we were crushed by it. So we literally ended up losing everything that I had worked so hard to build. But I knew that it was time to graduate. Um, I just didn't know what to graduate onto. So how did I get into this work that I'm doing now? 
Well, people started asking me, um, you know, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me to do this? Can you help me to be this? And, you know, you've been so successful. I want to be successful too. And, um, and so I started doing that. But there was, there was really a, a, a bigger why for me um, that kept coming back to me. And, and it was that um, not only was I burned out, Mm-hmm. But my burnout was actually a a learned pattern. My mom was burned out. My mom was burned out for most of her adult life. She was a business owner. She tried and tried many ways to make things work for her. Um, and, and it didn't work. Um, she ended up failing in her business. And um, then she decided that she needed to, and she kept trying these other things too, but nothing was enough to provide like a regular level of income that she needed to support herself. She was uh, single at the time. And, um, and so she decided that she needed a job because she was getting older and she needed benefits. And the only place that she could get a job was Walmart. And, um, and she didn't feel she didn't feel valued. She didn't feel appreciated. Um, she felt that um, she was so much better than, you know, working at Walmart. And it was unfilling to her on every level. And uh, she complained about it every single time we talked on the phone. Um, and yet she felt that it was her fate, that she couldn't do anything about it that she wasn't, she couldn't work anywhere else, that she had no other options. And, um, and she walked into work one day mm. and she punched her time clock and she went to put it into the slot and she dropped to the floor and she had a heart attack and she died right there on the floor at Walmart. She literally could not work another day there. And so, um, you know, I realized how limited our time is and Mm -hmm. that we, I had created this mess that I got myself into, right? I created all of this success. I created all of that stress. And if I created it, guess what? I could create something else too. Mm -hmm. So, um, so let's talk burnout for a couple of minutes. Yeah, there are warning signs and dangers. What are they? Exhaustion, mm. chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue. Mm. You start to hate your job. Mm. You dread your work. Pessimism is another sign of burnout. Feeling cynical about your work. Feeling like every single day that you're at work, you're fighting. It's like you're in a fight every single day and you begin to feel less capable. That's part of um, burnout as well. And there are diseases, headaches, IBS, colitis, Crohn's are common. Mm -hmm. And the warning signs were there. The year before I went to Provence, I was in the hospital for 11 days. 11 days. And I was, I was given a prescription when I left of six weeks of rest. You need to rest my dear for six weeks. And I thought, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that prescription. You can go back to work part-time after six weeks for a couple of weeks and then you can go back full-time. And I thought, oh my gosh, how incredible is this? It was the middle of May. That would take me to the middle of July, I'd be able to enjoy my pool and <laughs> just relax, get some books read. I'm like, I'm thinking of all of these things that I could do. Um, but it didn't last very long because unfortunately, my husband was covering for me in my business and it was way too much for him to handle for those 11 days that I was in the hospital. Uh, he ended up in the hospital two days after I got home. So, <laughs> so the universe has been trying to talk to me um, for a very long time. So, and that's one of the truths. You know, one of the truths is that, um, you know, your body is talking to you. Mm -hmm. Your body is always talking to you. And if you're disconnected from your body, you're not listening to it, then 
you're disconnected from your feelings. Mm. And if you're disconnected from your feelings, then you're disconnected from yourself. You're disconnected from your authenticity. You're disconnected mm-hmm. from your true power. Mm. That's so true. Wow. Ooh, that's powerful stuff you just shared, Marge. Thank I just, you. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And I know your story a little, but I haven't heard it that fully. And uh, thank you for even being so vulnerable and sharing that emotion because it was beautiful. And we appreciate that. And um, I'm going to cry too now (laughs) (laughs) because it's beautiful to share that. And it's, it's not easy. It's taken me a long time to be able to share it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I've known you for a while and I, and you are fully sharing everything now and I love it. And, um, so, you know, these things, I know you're burnout. You went through all those things. You went through yeah. you know the disease and you, you helped yourself. So tell people what you did, tell some of the recovery. So these are your steps and just, you know, some of your recovery motions, what did you have to do that, um, got you back on track? Because, we are creators, as you said, and I've been saying yeah. this in other shows, you believe we're creators because you've said, I've created this Absolutely. and I can, I can create something That's right. else. That's right. And so this is the proof how much we can create in our lives is what you're Absolutely. saying right now. Mm-hmm. And the first step is to get reconnected to yourself. You have mm-hmm. to get reconnected to yourself. So we think of ourselves as just who we are intellectually, right? Mm-hmm. You know, our, our thinking mind, um, if you will. But we are so much more than that. That's just one of our engines, right? Mm -hmm. We have three really powerful engines. So the first engine is our intellectual engine. Mm -hmm. And this, in our work lives, this is where most of us spend most of our time. So this part starts thinking that it's supreme, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it overrides the other two engines um, and, you know, allows them to just idle and not really get up to full power. And um, so the second engine is our emotional engine. It's your, it's your heart. Um, it is, um, it, you know, it is your feeling center. Everything that we create um, is created through that feeling, you know, thoughts, mm-hmm. um, you know, feelings, and, you know, our deepest, our deepest thoughts, our deepest, deepest cra- cravings, our deepest desires all come from our soul and that is the third engine which is our spiritual engine Mm -hmm. so you know when i think of it in terms of the body it's you know the head the heart and the solar plexus Mm -hmm. you know um the solar plexus is known as the seat of the soul Mm -hmm. and um it's your core it's where your core sense of power is Mm -hmm. and it's where um your authenticity is and it's where um, when that engine is open, if you will, that center is open, we are our most powerful and our most influential and our most authentic mm. and our most attractive and attracting. So it's all three centers, all three engines are so important, but we end up you know, in, in this world society, um, you know, that we live in, this is where we're forced to live a good part of the time. Well, that's what we're taught. That's what we're taught in the social cultural environment that we've been brought up in. And now, you know, you're talking about the alignment, the alignment of everything with the universe. When you get aligned with this soul, you know, your heart, your head, your heart, and your soul, now you're creating the alignment. So now the flow in your life starts to change and now you're attracting what you truly want. Huh? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it's interesting because it's a process. Like it doesn't yep. happen like that. No, no, um, not at all. Yeah. You know, you have to break a whole bunch of old bad patterns. <laughs> well, there are and, patterns uh, that we learned and yeah, there are patterns yeah, yeah. we have to unlearn. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> oh, no. As Once we've all gonna, been doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so another truth is that you are the maestro of the orchestra that is your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The maestro, right? and, and I would say the creator. So that's well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so you get to decide, you know, what, what you want 
to experience more of, what you want to experience less of, and you know what you want to you know blend together, what you want to be harmonious, what you want mm -hmm. to be contrasting. You get to decide all of that. Mm -hmm. So true. So and, true. And once you once you own that and own the power of that, my gosh, I mean. I, I knew that somehow, some way, I, I had Crohn's disease for over 20 years. Mm. And I was tired of living with it. I was tired of being sick and I was tired of being tired. And, um, and I, I didn't, I looked into my future and uh, with Crohn's disease and I didn't like what I saw. Mm. And so I decided that I wanted to envision a different future for myself. And that was a future without the symptoms of Crohn's disease. Mm. I had no idea, number one, if it was possible. I had no idea um, if it was possible how it could happen, mm. but it didn't matter. All I needed to do was to believe in its possibility and believing in its possibility drew it to me. The people mm. that I needed to help me through that process showed up. They were there. It happened. I have been symptom-free of Crohn's disease for nine years now. I know. It's wonderful. Pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. And I've reverse aged at the same time too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My body's not as stressed as it used to be, you know? <laughs> and that's true. I mean, when you do remove the stress, that yeah. changes your whole life. I mean, yeah. you've seen on people's faces. I mean, when you go on vacations, I mean, people, if they've really had a good vacation, they're really truly rested. You can see a whole change in them. You oh yeah. The interesting thing is that when people go on vacation, they think, Oh, wouldn't it be so wonderful to live here? Like when you start imagining that you could live in the place that you're vacationing, that means that you really needed that vacation. And that vacation provided the contrast that, you know, this is something that you would like to experience all the time. And back there is all the stress, just like I experienced in Provence. Well, guess what? You can create that peace and tranquility that you experience on vacation in your life back wherever it is that you live um you just you just need to make that happen because you are the maestro of the orchestra that is your life yeah yeah it's so true so yeah. so what now the five things that you taught you're teaching people um that they can do this and what you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so another one is that you don't need anyone's permission ah. to do what's right for you mm. this is true mm. <laughs> love that yeah yeah and i call that the diamond rule and the diamond rule is all about um treating yourself the way that you want to be treated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we're brought up on the golden rule which is yep. treat others the way you want to be treated right, right? Um, but people don't always want to be treated the way you want to be treated. Mm, that right? is true. They want to be treated the way they want to be treated. And that's the platinum rule. Treat ah. people the way they want to be treated. Right. So mm -hmm. when you're in business in your career, you know, to, you know, your bosses, your managers, your clients, whoever, right. Whoever it is that you're serving or reporting to, you need to treat them the way they want to be treated. That's how you're going to move along in your career right? Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. And yep. you end up losing yourself and what's important to you because you're always other focused. You've got to turn the spotlight back on yourself and treat yourself the way you want to be treated. You can't expect anyone else to treat you the way you want to be treated if you're not treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Everything starts with you. Yep. It's yeah. so true. It, yeah. It's so true. And, yeah. you know, we have to realize we deserve it and we right. deserve it and we're worth it. And, and so we have to get to that point. So how do we get there? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another one. So um, the next, and, and this is actually it because this is really, really, really important. So um, a lot of the people, a lot of the clients that I work with um, are doing work that, um, that they're ready to move on from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they're at the pinnacle of their career and they have no idea what could possibly be next. Mm. Wow. 
Yeah. And so um, the next truth is that you are so much more brilliant and valuable than you know yourself to be. <laughs> yes, that is true. Hmm. And once you, once you, once you know how brilliant you are and how valuable you are, then a whole new world of possibility opens up for you. Mm. That's true. That is true. I like that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I hope people listening are getting that because yeah. it does. And we don't always we don't always see that in ourselves. So no, we don't. No, it's very hard to. It's very it very is. hard to. Um, but I have become really good at um, not allowing people to discount themselves. Mm. So, uh, in other words, stopping people from discounting themselves. And mm. how I do that is by showing them what is so brilliant about them mm -hmm. and how valuable they truly are. And once they start to own that, then their whole life changes, their relationships change, their, um, you know, how they're treated in their careers change. It's, and, and the possibility that they see for themselves, it just becomes so much more expansive. Plus, even in your personal relationships, it changes because Absolutely. now you're, you're showing people how you want to be treated. Yes. And you're also, when you do that, then people have to look again and that, and they, and they may try to lo, rule, you know, rope you back into the old way. So you've got to stick to that. Really. You got to be strong. You've exactly. got to be really strong. So you need people to help you through that. Yeah. You really do. That's you right. Do it alone. Right. Right. Cause you can't see these things for yourself. So right. you need right. people to, to see that and you need to, um, you need them to, to be that support for you for when those challenges uh, pop up because they do. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can have good friends, mm -hmm. but good friends are, are, you know, used to you being one way. It's right. the mentor that's going to see you going in a new direction that can truly give you another path to go on or another way of looking at it. Yeah. Because your friend only sees the old way. Exactly. They're not going to see the new way unless you, that friend is moving on the same path as you are. Right. Yeah. So right. that's why it's a lot of times they say you should surround yourselves with people that are on the path you are because that's how you move ahead. Yeah. And ahead of you on the path. And yeah. ahead of you on the path yeah. as well. Totally yeah. ahead of you. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And yes, that's huh. interesting. And yeah, valuable. Yeah. yeah. And so the next truth is that imperfection mm -hmm. is exquisite. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so it's our flaws. Uh, so we're so this is what happens. So we're we're driving all over Provence, and you know we're seeing all of these different things, all of these different towns, and uh, you know villages, and it was just incredible. I got home and I looked at my photos and I started laughing because I can't tell you how many photos I had of fountains with moss growing in them. I'm like, <laughs> why did I take a picture of this? And the blue Provencal shutters oh. that were um, peeling with the peeling, the faded peeling paint on them. Like, why, why did I take these pictures? And then I realized that it's, it's that peeling paint, the moss growing in the fountains, that those are imperfections, mm -hmm. right? And again, it provided the contrast. If that were in my yard, those shutters would have been scraped and painted in an mm -hmm. instant, right? Yep. But yet, but yet they added to, they enhanced the ambiance of Provence. Mm -hmm. And the moss in the fountain like, why do they let the moss grow in the fountain? So I could marvel at it. That's why. Because I was marveling at it. I'm like, look at that moss. In the like, I've never seen moss in the fountain before. Because what do we do? We get the bucket of water, put some bleach in it, get the scrub brush, and clean it up. We don't see that in our own environment. We don't allow it in our own environment. And it made me think about all the time, the effort, and the energy 
that I spent trying to make my life look perfect. Think about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't we all, didn't yeah. We all do that? Yep. Yeah. If Provence, if, if Provence was perfect, it would have a completely different feel to it. But it's because it's so imperfect that it's exquisite, right? It's true. Because look at the planet. You look at the world and you say, it's not perfect. But it's right. so gorgeous because exactly. when you look at nature, it's got it's messy. You can see branches and flowers, exactly. but it's not, it adds to the ambiance. It adds to the beauty. It adds to that just flavor. Like, wow, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The character, the whole, the yeah, whole, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so then I thought, wow. So it's actually our imperfections mm. that make us attractive. Yeah, it's so true because when you're transparent and you're real and you make mistakes, pe you endear people are endeared to you. They find you much more approachable and and and, and someone they want to get to know because they know they've done it themselves and they're not perfect. So that you can show that you're not is like, wow, that person's so courageous. I got to get to know them because I want yep. some of what they've got. And isn't that interesting, huh? Yeah, because you automatically relate to that person because we all see ourselves as so imperfect. So when someone reveals themselves to be imperfect, we're like, oh, yay, they're like me. I don't have to put on airs with this person. I can be me. I can mm -hmm. be authentic. I will be accepted as authentic. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's a journey for a lot of people. Oh, I know, absolutely. I mean, I had the journey too. My family was crazy, and yeah. they always looked perfect. I remember a friend of mine telling me, "Oh, my mother would marvel at how perfect your family looked. Like everybody had was dressed beautifully, and uh -huh. the clothes were great. And but behind closed doors, it was chaos and terror." Uh -huh. And uh, and it's like even even when I was moving through my phases in this life and my own world. I had to look really perfect and I still kind of like to look nice, but you know, it's not the same crazy feeling it used to be like, oh my right. God, like the rigidity is gone. Right. It's all gone. Yeah. It's like natural. It's like, all right, well, I am who I am. And if people don't like it, well, I can't help that. I can't be everybody, everything to everyone. Like, you know, both of us are realizing yeah. that. Exactly. And people in general, I think we're all seeing it. And that's the authenticity coming out in the world, which is beautiful. Yeah. Because how many people in reality shows do we see? What are reality shows showing us? It's really showing us authenticity, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know people, people in my family laugh at me because, you know, I do watch a few of the Real Housewives shows. And uh, they're like, oh, she's watching the Real Housewives again. But you know what? That is my opportunity to see people in their you know, raw and authentic state. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, they're crazy. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> you guys could use a dose of consciousness here, but, <laughs> but it's really cool to see, you know, that, yeah, you know, they're flawed, they know it, and they're not ashamed of it. I think that's yeah. really what I like about it. That's, yeah, that's a good point. That. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of those cause it doesn't like turn me on, but yet it's true what you're saying. And I just got that even before when I said that, that the reality shows is like the universe telling us it's okay to be who you truly are because people will accept you and probably like you even better for it. Right. Right. Because you're real. Yep. And you know, these crazy people and these shows, I mean, I got to give them credit. They're very courageous to put themselves out there. They have a lot of courage to just say, Hey, I'm me. And take it or leave it well and think about it so all like the reality shows are really crushing a lot of um societal expectations exactly right? and i love that it's yeah. shifting us it's Absolutely. it's helping with the shift in so many ways and that's exactly yeah. what i was thinking when i was yep. starting to say that it was yep. helping us make the shift because yep. it's allowing us to be real again and that's yeah. a beautiful thing. And so and who would have thought TV would be doing that? But it's really <laughs> interesting, you know, because everyone's like, oh, stay away from TV, stay away from TV. But when you look at it from that viewpoint, mm -hmm. 
it's like a lesson, you know? And there are a lot of shows doing that now too, which is really cool. That's true. You know, I mean, there's some good things. I mean, I, there's some shows I love watching and that, you know, I do, I, I still like to watch TV occasionally and, yep. you know, but yeah, yeah, there, there's some good things that you can get when you, when you're in the consciousness of understanding where it's coming from and we get the realizations, I mean, it, it gives us a lesson. Yeah. And yeah. I have one more truth. I have a bonus truth. Okay. And the bonus truth is that if you have the idea for something, then that's your evidence that it's possible. Oh, I like that a lot. See, can so you say like, that one more time? Yeah. So when you have the idea for something, that in itself is evidence of its possibility. Because mm. you wouldn't have had the idea if it weren't possible. And what ends up happening is that we think, oh, well, that couldn't be. For example, Julie and I, my last day in Provence, we're sitting on the seawall in this beautiful town of Cassis. Oh my gosh, what a town, what a town, what a town. And it's just, oh, every breath we took in was just bathing every cell of our body, nourishing our heart and our soul. And it was just magical. We sat there in silence most of the day and we didn't need to talk. It was just, it was just so beautiful, so nurturing. And that vision of my new life popped in my head and it scared me to death. And Julie said to me, well, of course I jumped and I gasped and she said, are you like, what just happened? Are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. Um, I think I'm okay. Like, uh, you're not going to believe this that just popped in my head and she said what is it and I said well um um well I was <laughs> like I couldn't believe it I couldn't even say it I was standing on a big stage and I was engaging and inspiring thousands of people and she looked at me and she said what's wrong with that like why would that startle you and I said Julie you've got to be kidding me and she said to me why? I can see that for you. Wow. And I looked at her. I couldn't see it for me. And I looked at her and I said, Julie, what could I possibly have to say that would matter? I had no idea then. I knew instinctively that I was not talking about anything having to do with my business or business building mm -hmm. up on that stage. But I had no idea what it was that I knew that people would want to hear, and especially that many people. And Julie was 25 years old at the time. She was the exchange student that we hosted, and um, she was a photographer. And she said to me, look at this landscape. Do you know how many photographers have stood here in the same spot and photographed the same view? Not a single photo looks the same. What an artist does is to take the ordinary and imprint it with their personality to create something extraordinary. Mm. You don't have to invent something new. You just have to say what's true for you. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I decided that I was not going to push this away because the old me would have said, uh-uh, no way not for me, not happening, forget about it, right? No way, I don't even wanna go there, too scary. Like I was comfortable, barely comfortable speaking to a people, a group of people around a conference table at that time. So speaking to thousands on a stage, are you kidding me? No way. So, um, so I decided to hold on to it and not push it away and um, and I'm glad I did. So I consider myself incubating that vision <laughs> for all these years. I have not gotten up to thousands yet, uh, an audience of thousands, but I have been to, I have had audiences of multiple hundreds, which is cool. Um, and hey, thousands right here, right? That's on your true. You've got <laughs> thousands right here. So look, you've actually gotten there in, in, in one way. Yes, you have. You've gotten there. And I had a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, that was the vision that after 
I got back to the US and my money sources were closing up one right after the other after the other. And I looked up and I said, what the heck is going on? And the message was, remember that vision that you had when you were in Provence? Start walking towards it. And I've been doing that ever since. Mm. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great story. And it's a story that people can understand because they've all got their own. We all have our own stories to, to say that. And like you said, we all see it through a different lens, a different way that people can, we all can get something from it. Cause what's better than someone telling their story? Absolutely. I mean, storytelling is like the way we've learned from ancient days and it's still a lot of cultures still tell through story. Yeah. So when you're telling your story and if people just, un, you know, they get it because you're, you're doing it with the emotion, you're doing with the, the authenticity. Yes. And, and this is, this is another thing. So don't be afraid to tell your story, you know, that's going to help somebody move forward. You know, it's not, exactly. a, you know, it yeah, doesn't, and there's, yeah. and there's an art to telling that story too, yes. because some people stay so immersed in the pain of that story, right right, right? exactly but the you more don't... immersed you are in the pain of that story the more immersed you're going to be in the pain of that story mm. so you know the the slower you're going to move through that pain and on to or the slower that you're going to move your audience on to you know the possibility beyond that pain so it's really it's really important and and this is um, so this is the one thing that, um, that I hope that, um, that people learn, um, and that they adopt. So for example, there are a lot of people that complain, 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 complain. I mean, just look at what happened after the 2016 presidential election, right? Oh my gosh. Like people were complaining like crazy, um, about the results because it was, um, quite shocking and a lot of people were not very happy. But what were they doing? Every single opportunity they could find to complain about the election, the electoral college, and how this is done, and how that's done, and how that's done, and, you know, what the president's doing, and, you know, all of these bad things that are happening. Well, guess what? You're focusing all of that energy on those negative things. What you need to do instead is to focus on the solution. So the more immersed whatever you focus on is going to expand. So if you're like me in Provence, I was burned out. I could have, I could have wallowed in all of those things in my life that I didn't want anymore. I could have stayed in that space that, oh, this really stinks. You know, like, what am I going to do about it? Or how am I going to get out of this? Or just, you know, whatever, uh, you know, doesn't this stink? And, you know, whatever. But instead, I shifted right to, okay, you know what? I don't want this anymore. And if I have more space in my life, what do I want to fill it with instead of that, right? So then I started focusing on these things, right? Getting rid of Crohn's disease. Ha! My gosh, I did it, right? Mm -hmm. But if I stayed immersed there, I wouldn't have accomplished a darn thing. Mm -hmm. would not have accomplished anything. So you have to focus on what the solution is, mm -hmm. what the, what the vision is of what's beyond that other thing. Yeah. That's my saying that I was going to get to, but you already taken it. The creator complain, which is yeah. all about, you know, complain about it or move forward and create something new and better. That's right. That's and, right. and that's been sort of the slogan through different, you know, questions and things I've been asking, which is so, helpful what you yeah. just said is so helpful because you did not wallow and no. i yeah i you know I, I i've i've watched you step forward and and keep going you just keep moving forward every step and you know and that takes courage and it takes uh authenticity and it takes just saying okay this you just created your intention this is what i'm doing i want to create a life that's better than yeah. the other one it, we yeah. had all the material but now i actually have passion and I have joy and I have things that are so different. Yes. And it's more, it's more tangible. It's more, it's more memorable. It's more meaningful. Yes. And so you talk about leaving a legacy. This is what you talk about when you leave a legacy. You, you are leaving this for your children. You've taught them Absolutely. look at where we came from. We got out of it and we had to move forward and we did and we're going and you're teaching them 
so many valuable, valuable lessons with this. Absolutely. And it's yeah. huge. And everybody who knows you and knows what you went through and just telling people here, I mean, they don't, you know, it's just amazing to see where you came from. Cause I know, I know. Thank you. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's, it's so, it's wonderful. It's, and, and that's part of being a creator and part of, you know, letting go of just saying, this is, I'm done with that and I'm going forward. You yep. know, and wallowing is getting us nowhere. That's right. So it, it's, it, it's, you're staying, you're, you have the brakes on. If you're wallowing, exactly. you have the brakes on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so what, so this is the support you offer people. And is there one specific thing that you think that you offer that really has made a big difference? What do you, what, what could you put a name on it? Oh yeah. So the biggest thing is helping people to shift out of a life of reaction um, mm -hmm. and responding to everything that's being thrown at them to being the maestro of the orchestra that is their life. So, um, you know, controlling, uh, you know, what is uh, going on in their life and, you know, what is prevalent, um, being able to respond to things without, um, you know, without going into a tizzy about everything you know, that happens that's not going your way and looking at things from a completely different perspective. So, um, so really the work that I do with people, um, you know, in the, in the end, like the overarching um, transformation is helping to reveal people's change leadership. So the people that I help are all leaders that are ready for, they're ready to step into that role of change leader. They're just not, um, uh, they know that they want to go there, um, or, or somewhere like that. Um, they might call it something different, uh, but they know that there's something more for them, but they have no idea exactly what that is, exactly what they want to affect, um, and how they would go about doing it. And the reason is that, um, they are not able to see themselves as, um, the truly brilliant person that they are. And the reason is because they're in a situation, right, that they, that they want to leave, that they want to shift away from, that isn't serving them. And this could be a primary relationship. So a relationship with a partner um, or someone that they have been with for a long time, uh, could be a spouse, and it could be an employer. You know, in a lot of cases, it's the employer relationship. So, um, you know, there's just something that is, you know, keeping, kind of keeping them, you know, um, tethered, tethered, if you will, and stuck. Yeah. And, um, and they don't, they don't know how to, it's just too complicated. There are too many pieces to it. They have no idea how to navigate. So mm -hmm. the first thing that I do is to help them to see how brilliant they truly are to reveal their change leadership to them so that they can understand it, they can embrace it. Um, and as soon as everyone, you know, discovers it, they're like, oh, of course, you know, of, of course, I, I can see it now. But you can't see it for yourself because it's you being you and you don't know what is unique and special. Most people don't know what's unique and special about them. Um, they need people to shine the light on that for them. Yeah. And then of course, you know, there's the whole bunch of um, things that need to be let go of. And so I help people through that let go process that happens actually very quickly. And um, so then they're free to move on to the next phase, which is all about imagining the possibilities for your life now and really stepping into that visionary energy um, you know, firing up that inner visionary and, you know, just dreaming about what the potential and the possibilities are. It's just, you and know. creating them and then becoming the creator. Yeah. And so the, the third phase is actually all about implementing that. So, okay. you know, so we talk about, you know, what is in phase two, it's, you know, what, what is, what is the legacy that you want to leave? What, what do you want to be remembered for? You know, what's, what's important for you to do before you leave this earth and, or to affect, um, or to be, you know, and, um, and it's always so much bigger than, you know, just like that vision of me on that stage, right? It's so much bigger than you think the possibility is for yourself. But, you know, when you, hold on to that and incubate it, then, 
then it starts to happen and it's pretty cool. And mm -hmm. it happens in ways that you couldn't have even ever imagined. And that's very wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it always does, doesn't it? It yeah. always goes that way because you can't pick it out. The universe will bring it to you when it sees you're ready. And uh -huh. each step you get ready for it and the universe gives it to you and you take it, just brings you more. You're just getting more. Yeah, the funny thing is though that everyone expects it to arrive in a beautiful Tiffany box. <laughs> no, it doesn't come like that. Uh -oh. Never, never, <laughs> never, never, never looks like that. It's usually quite indistinguishable <laughs> as a true gift. <laughs> Yeah, no, it isn't. Yeah, it's it could come through a lesson. It could come through a hardship. It could come like, well, you got yours through your, your losing your business. So yeah, it was, you know, this is what we learned through. We cannot teach anyone anything until we've been through yeah. these things ourselves. But that was a lesson that I had to learn. That was a lesson I had to learn because, um, you know, I, the family that I grew up in, um, you know, money, like, lack of money was a common thing. You know, we never have enough. Uh, no, we can't buy this because we don't have enough money. Can't do this because we can't, you know, no, you can't go there because we don't have it. Like everything was, you don't have enough money and, or we don't have enough money. And so I decided that, you know, I was going to have enough money and I worked relentlessly to make sure that I had enough money so much so that i burned myself out um you know creating that amount of money because i was i was motivated by that i wasn't right. motivated by you know what you know what, what any, really any, drives you yeah yeah nothing i was not motivated by anything internal <laughs> it was all external fear-based mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> And yeah. look at what the shift, because this is what the shift oh, yeah. in consciousness is all about. Yeah. Looking at the inside out rather than the outside in anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is the whole shift in consciousness. It's the whole change that we're going for. Yeah. It, we don't need to be the old keeping up with the Joneses stuff. Right. And I, and I wouldn't want to go through it again. Gone. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to go through it again but I'm grateful for the experience as exactly. it was. I'm mm -hmm. grateful for the experience. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's such a, you know, me too, with all the things I've been through, I am grateful for the experiences because I would not be here and able to talk to people exactly. about that level of stuff because they'd look at me and go, well, you don't know because you've never been there, yeah. but we have been there in many different ways. And, you know, we all share it. We all share our experiences and we all learn from our growth and our, you know, we learn and we help each other. Yep. So anyway, I would love for you to, um, is there a message that you have for our audience that you think they need to know for the rest of 2019 or something that you see them, they need to be aware of for 2020 coming up? Anything between those two? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is to, um, you know, stop focusing on what you don't want any more of or what mm. upsets you um, or, um, you know, the problems. Don't focus on the problems of the world. Focus on the solution that, you know, Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see in the world. Mm. You know, first be the change that you want to see in your world. And then be the change that you can be in whatever communities that you can affect that change in and focus on you know the what you're moving to what you're moving to not focus on what you're for that's that's the way i'll position it focus on what you're for not what you're against gotcha yeah yeah, that's yeah. The positive, go in the positive direction. Exactly, and put all of that energy there. Could you just imagine what would happen with the collective consciousness if we were all in that, you know, uh, that visionary creator space? Oh my gosh, we, we'll shift it. That's what we need. Absolutely. We need the mass consciousness. So all of you listening. Yep. When we all shift this together, it takes all of us to do this, to really create the fullness of this whole new world that we want. Yeah, yep. It really does. It really yeah. does. So thank you. That's beautiful, Marge. I really love that. And I know you have a gift for the audience. And so would you like to talk about it? Let them know. Yeah, I'd be happy to. It is called Marjorie's Nighttime Ritual. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason it's called that is because this is 
the exact ritual that I did every single night to shift myself out of burnout and into my new life. It takes 15 minutes a night. That's it. And I recommend that you do it at night. And the reason is that a lot of my clients, a lot of the people that, um, that I help, that I speak to in groups, they're feeling anxious. They're um, feeling depressed. They don't know, not like depressed, like clinically depressed, but you know, um, they, depressed. yeah. And um, so they, they need to, um, they need to stop focusing on what they don't want and I need to get them focused on what it is that they do want. So um, the nighttime ritual helps them to do it. Um, there are um, uh, two really important parts to it. One of them is a breathing exercise. And the breathing exercise is so important because that's what helps you to reconnect to your body. And when you reconnect to your body, you reconnect to your feelings. When you reconnect to your feelings, you reconnect to your power. And mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. So I teach them that, and it's also very calming. So then they're able to do the journal exercise, which is the second part of it. And I help them to connect with things, not just on a surface level, but on a deeper level. So it's, you know, um, so let's, uh, let's identify this and then let's identify what's underneath that because it's what's underneath that that is where the gold is and to be able to do that exercise at night right before bed is the perfect time because I don't know about you Janet but for me I solve all my problems in my sleep and so you know I've got something going on and I wake up in the morning or I wake up in the middle of the night with oh, there's the answer right so that's evidence that our subconscious continues to work even when we're sleeping, right? Mm -hmm. And so what better way to set yourself up for success than to calm your mind before you go to bed, right? And get yourself focused on the good things, the things that you're for, not the things that you're against, right? So that you can start to solve your problems and move forward in your life. And it only takes 15 minutes a day. So when you wake up after that, you must feel so much more fresh, fresh Ooh, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds wonderful. And I, I have to do it. I have, I have to start doing it because I don't always do that because I am into uh, habits that need to be a little corrected that way. So. Yeah, well, it, it reconnects you to what makes you happy. It reconnects you to what you're grateful for and it, and it boosts your self-esteem at the same time. Yeah, that's and, and that's a lot of the day. Yeah, that's it. That's huge to do that. So everyone, you know, try that one because <laughs> you, you got to start somewhere. So there's a great place to start. Plus, when you're ready for bed, you're you're less defensive. You're kind of relaxed. The world starts dropping away, you know. So take the time to do it in, in before you fall asleep, of course. Absolutely. And, um, but if you're stressed, it's the it's the best time to do it because okay. it's going to allow you to set aside that stress. Stop thinking about that, right? And start thinking about these other things. Mm. So, you know, moving you into that the creator mode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, Marjorie. That's wonderful. I love it. So I'm going to thank our audience for listening. We always love that, you know, you give us some feedback, tell us how, what, what wonderful things you glean from this interview and, you know, any comments we, we enjoy. And I always answer you and Marjorie, if you want to talk to Marjorie, she has a link. It's always on the bottom of the email I send you to get onto the videos and listen to the interviews. So thank you all. You're so important because this is what we're here to, you know, help us all to work together as a community, a world community and to change. And we do it as a, as a united group. We do it as together. And I'm, my heart is always here for you all. And I know Marjorie's is too. And um, we love you all. So thank you for tuning in. And I am so happy. For, thank you, Marjorie, for being here and for being the courageous change maker that you are, being willow, willing to follow your heart, owning your divine light and the courage you've taken to take the steps you have is, is, is such an example to people and, and all the teachings that you help people with that help them unlock their passions, ignite their authenticities, and finally create the lives they love. 
So I'm Janet Miller, and I will see you on the next episode.